You are listening to the Living on Purpose podcast with Sam and Pastor John. We want to welcome you to today's episode. This is episode 19, and here we go with our next question. What is worse, hearing the truth of God and rejecting it, or never hearing the truth at all? And actually, this question is actually attempting to understand what 2 Peter 2 verse 21 is talking about. Yeah, this is a great question. A lot of theological questions that we've been getting. Mm-hmm. So it's fantastic to be able to help everyone to understand what the Bible says and what it means. Yep. And so let's read the verse together and then uh, we'll talk about it. The Bible says, Second Peter 2, 21, it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Wow, that's pretty intense, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. At first glance, uh, it's kind of scary even. Mm -hmm. Well, it's important to understand the context of what's going on. I think we've been talking about that a lot lately. Sure. That literally, when you read a Bible verse, don't just read the verse. Read what's before it and read what's after it. Mm -hmm. And so the context, previously, Peter had written to comfort and encourage believers in the midst of suffering and persecution. That's 1 Peter. It's an external attack. Okay. That's what he's talking about. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to face these pressures from the outside, false teachers, Judaizers, those that oppose the gospel. You're going to face these things. Now, three years later, the attacks were coming from within. And this is complacency and even heresies, not from the outside, but from within. So he spoke of holding fast to the non-negotiable facts of the faith, of growing and maturing in the faith, and of rejecting all who would distort the truth. And so To follow this advice would ensure Christ-honoring individuals and Christ-centered people. That's what we want to be, right? That's what it's talking about. So to give you some understanding of potentially what's going on, some of the false teachings that were going on in this time period, first of all, one that we talked about before is Gnosticism. Gnosticism really is the idea that the spiritual is great and matter or the physical is evil. This led into a couple different distortions, right? And that's a distortion in and of itself. But it led into this idea that there's a special gnosis or a special knowledge that you can receive that only special apostles or leaders or people that are the closest to God can receive. So it almost turned into an elite club. Right. And that was a big problem. It also rejected, because of its emphasis against the physical, it rejected the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, There's so much that we could get into right now about this. I'm just going to give you the general idea. That's really, really important, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we think of the deity of Christ. Jesus is God in the flesh, his power over sin when he rose again from the grave. And he did it physically. He did it physically because he had to be a human and he had to live a sinless life, something that we could not do. And then to give himself on a cross, we call that atoning sacrifice, uh, the vicarious atoning sacrifice of Christ. Penal substitutionary atonement is a theological term that he took the wrath of God upon himself for us. And he had to be human to be a worthy sacrifice. You think of all those lambs that were sacrificed, and it was a picture of the transference of someone's sin upon those lambs. And we know it was just an image, but Jesus wasn't just an image. Jesus was the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so... Jesus bodily rising again from the grave is really important. If he didn't do it, then everything that we believe is in vain. A third uh, thing that this led to was basically 
a physical hedonism kind of thing. Because the, the physical was deemed to be of no value, then people were just like, well, what the heck? I'm going to do whatever I want with my body. Right. And it led into all sorts of gross sexual sin. It led into all sorts of drunkenness and abuse of the body. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, really the main false teaching of that time period. Now we think about modern day false teachings and things that we need to be aware of. And this week, the message I'm going to be preaching uh, from 2 Timothy 3 begins to deal with uh, the things that you can um, be aware of and be afraid of if you're not honoring God, mm-hmm. those false teachings, right? And so modern day false teachers, I think of the prosperity gospel. This idea that God just wants to give you health, wealth, and prosperity. We talk about that a lot. Uh, there's this group of quote-unquote Christians that teach that God is just there to make you happy and healthy and to give you whatever you want. Like he's a genie. Like he's a genie in a bottle. That's exactly it. And the problem with that is every disciple, every apostle, they lost their life for the cause of Christ. I mean, when you read the Bible, that's not at all what you get out of it. And so this idea of a prosperity gospel in What's happened is these false teachers, these televangelists, they're taking advantage of people financially. They tell them, you know, if you send in this amount of money, I'll give you this prayer cloth that will help to heal you. Things, crazy things like that. There's also a false teaching of the social gospel. This is the idea that we're just called to do social acts of justice. We're called to go and feed the poor and give clothes to those who don't have clothes to to help uh, the weak into to care for people socially. Now, do I believe we should do those things? Absolutely, right? Sure, those sure. are things that we should do. Jesus did those things. But that wasn't the focus of Jesus. See, the enemy is really slick. He can get us focused on all the wrong things, right? Jesus even said, what is it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? He even gives the idea that, you know what, you should be concerned about the one who can take away your soul, not the one who can take away the body. Literally, this idea that even Satan or his demons, if they could attack you, which in Christ we have the power against that. But the reality is, if we were to die in persecution, let's say we're in China or someplace where you have to be underground for the gospel. And I think at some point it's going to happen in the United States. But the fact is, he warned against the soul, not against the body. And so we can become so consumed with trying to help someone physically that we we miss the spiritual and that's a false teaching, right? This idea that Jesus came just to make people's lives easier. So remember John the baptizer, he proclaims, behold the Lamb of God who does what? Takes Take, away the sin of the world. That's exactly it. Takes away the sin of the world. That's why Jesus came. So the social gospel is not the gospel. It doesn't center on forgiveness, repentance. It doesn't center on the new heart that God wants to give to us. Instead, it focuses on all the outside all the exterior things. Number three is universalism, right? This idea that we're all going to go to heaven someday. Um, this idea that Jesus will wipe away every tear and everyone will bow their knee. And even those who rejected Christ will go to heaven. This idea of universalism. Um, and it's just not not true. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. There's another example of a false teaching in our culture today. I like to call this the love abuse. This idea And we just got to love and love and love in the name of Jesus, which turns into us just allowing sin and even celebrating it at times um, and dismissing it, being tolerant of things that Jesus himself was not tolerant of. Mm -hmm. And so this whole love generation is very dangerous. I would say that love always does what's honorable according to the word of God. 
if you really love someone, you're going to speak the truth to them. You're going to tell them what they need to hear, not just what they want to hear. And so another example maybe of modern day false teaching would be the extreme charismatics. You know, I mean, this is a tension, right? Because can you believe in speaking in tongues and be orthodox in most of your understanding of the Bible? For sure you can. I do not believe in speaking in tongues. I believe that's a sign gift that sees for today. But when I see some of the things coming out of, for instance, Bethel, it's concerning to me. Mm-hmm. Literally trying to raise little babies uh, from the dead. Why? Because Jesus did it, is what they say. Mm-hmm. And literally, they're focusing on something that's supernatural in their own ability, but they're not sovereign. God is sovereign. And so we can get to the place of where this becomes extreme. And the extreme charismaticism, it leads into this idea that, well, God spoke to me, and there's no standard anymore. It's not the Word of God. It's really what, quote-unquote, God said to you. But what happens when it doesn't line up with the Word of God? Right. You have nothing to measure it up against. That's exactly the problem. So people are saying things that I think they're just saying out of pride and out of um, rebellion, really, and arrogance in some ways, uh, and it's, it's dangerous. I think one that's obvious, number six, is a works-based salvation. That's Mm -hmm. clearly the biggest false teaching that exists. We cannot be saved by what we do. It's by the grace of God and by Jesus alone. Mm -hmm. And then the last example is what I like to call itchy ears preachers. These are the guys that get up and they just tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. And so they're just trying to gather a crowd, and they're never going to preach hard truth. They're not going to preach the conviction of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So these are things that, uh, you know, in our modern day we deal with. Any thoughts on any of that? Um, just the modern day false teachings, a lot of them overlap with each other. Like the itchy ears preachers can also be tied into the prosperity gospel and the work salvation. You can tie that into the social gospel. Like, yeah. oh, I need, I need to be doing these social beneficial things in order to work my way into heaven. And that's not truth. That's exactly it. I'm glad you pointed that out. Thank you. So here's a couple things as we uh, bring this podcast to a close in the next couple minutes. I want to give to you basically a breakdown of this chapter. And so 2 Peter 2, uh, verses 1 through 3, he gives us the introduction to false teachers, how they're cunning and they're greedy and the future punishment that awaits them. Verses 4 through 10a, the beginning of verse 10, I would say, so verse 4 through 10a, it's about God's judgment. It's about fallen angels and how God dealt with them and how Noah uh, in the flood and how God dealt with the world and how Sodom and Gomorrah, God brought fire down upon Sodom. And God deals with uh, people that are false teachers, people that don't follow him. Verses 10b through 12, it gives us a picture of spiritual ignorance. They take the spiritual realm for granted, underestimating it. In other words, some of these false teachers, they claim to be spiritual. By the way, should we always believe something just because they claim to be of God? No. No, of course not, right? We have to to test it. Test it. And that's what the Bible says in the book of 1 John. We should test the spirits to see if they're of God, because many false prophets or teachers have gone out into the world. So they have this spiritual ignorance. They really take Satan and... Uh, his demons for granted in the culture. They just kind of mock it, and that's what they do. But they're a part of it. That's the irony of of all of it. Mm -hmm. Verses 13 through 16 is their lifestyle debauchery. They're bold. They're seductive. They're adulterous. They're arrogant. They're hypocritical. They're undisciplined. All these different things. So that's the context that leads us up to uh, the question of 2 Peter 2 and verse 21. So I want to read the verses in the last section. It says this in verse 17, 
These men are springs without water and mist driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them. For they, they open their mouth and it's empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who are living in error. They promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. Verse 20, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and they're again entangled in it and overcome, they're worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. Verse 21, it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the proverbs are true. A dog returns to his vomit, and a sow that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud. Okay, so there's a couple of thoughts, all right? First of all, it gives the idea of there's this enticing threat all the time. False teachers, they're enticing, okay? And they look at those who are spiritually struggling. I remember when I was a youth pastor years ago, one day I went to go pick up some kids on my bus route on Sunday, and they weren't there. And I realized over time, I found out, that the day before, a bunch of Seventh-day uh, Adventists had gone over there mm. and talked them into leaving our church and going to their church. And it just devastated my heart. I tried to talk them out of it, but they later on, I mean, but they explained to me why they believed what they believe now. And it's a false teaching. It's really mm. a focus on a works-based salvation. There's so much I could get into. I'm not going to. But mm. the problem was these people that were, they were not strong. They were struggling spiritually. They were not mature in their faith and they gave in. And that's what false teachers do. They find the weak. They find those that are not prepared to answer their questions. And that's why it's so important. We're teaching the word of God all the time. Mm -hmm. They offer empty promises. You know, I think about this moralistic therapeutic deism, this idea that people look at God like the grandfather in the sky who's just going to give you whatever you need, and you don't have to be involved with this God, and he's not going to necessarily be involved with you until you need him. It's like the benevolent grandfather illustration. And a lot of people, they fall into this trap. And this is the example of the, of the false teachers. They, they offer empty promises it's like the prosperity gospel. That's an empty promise. Mm -hmm. Like God is not about you getting wealthy. That's not what it's about. And so what does it mean when it says that they're worse off? Well, this is the person who has temporarily escaped the corruption of the culture. Maybe he's been influenced by a godly man or woman. Maybe he's been going to church, possibly serving in the ministry in some way. Maybe he's considering the gospel, but then ultimately he chooses his own lusts in empty promises from the false teachers. One thing we need to understand, this is not an example of someone who loses their salvation. That's not what it's about. I'll talk more about that in a moment. This is someone who was on the edge of salvation, uh, but they don't come to Christ. They follow their own sinful desires. So by doing that, this person is worse off than before because he's rejected the only way out of his sin. It's the only way of salvation. The best way to say this is he had a taste of God without giving his heart to God. And Jesus doesn't want some of us. He wants all of us, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't want just some of who I am. He wants all of who I am. Mm -hmm. And so a key reality to this then is the example, and it's, it's devastating, but the example he gives in verse 22, a dog and a pig never stop being a dog and a pig, <laughs> okay? Yep. Dogs do doggy things. Like my dog will go outside, Callie, and I hate to say it, and you're going to be grossed out by it, but she'll eat her own dog poop. 
<laughs> That's yeah. what she does. Okay. That's what dogs do. Yeah. And yeah. Pigs do piggy things. Okay. You can wash a pig and you can make it look nice and clean. And then what's going to happen? It's going to find a mud hole and it's going to go jump in mm-hmm. and wallow in the mud. That's what mm-hmm. they do. You can clean them up. Uh, you can even control them at some level, but their behavior proves what they really are. And so this person who doesn't know God, doesn't know Christ, he ends up falling back because he's never made the true commitment to Jesus. Again, this is not a question of losing your salvation. Uh, we can do that podcast, by the way, if anyone's interested in another episode, send us a note mm-hmm. if you really want to hear about that, because I think that that's a really important question, because a lot of people will say, well, I believe you can lose your salvation, and some people will say, well, you can And I believe clearly the answer is no, you can't. But what does the Bible say about that? Mm. I'd love to answer that question if you're interested. So here's my final thoughts. False teachers are real, and they need to be taken seriously. It's a big deal. How do we defend against false teaching? Number one, learn your Bible. Learn your Bible. Be committed to Bible study. Be committed to being here every Sunday. We do this series, right? And people are sporadic in their attendance. That's not helping you. Especially as I'm going through 2 Timothy, it's one big story in the whole book. You need all four messages. Yeah. And so learn your Bible. It's not just Sunday. Get, get involved in a life group. Get involved in a group on Wednesday and be in Bible study. And be in Bible study on your own. Mm-hmm. Number two is spiritual accountability. We need people that are smart that are wise, wiser than us, that can call us out when we begin to go in the wrong direction. And number three, we pray for discernment. It's really important that we beg God that he would protect our hearts and minds and keep us in the truth. Yeah. And so this is a tough question, right? And the answer to the question is simple in reality once you see the context. Uh, The person would have been better not to have heard the truth than to actually give in to the false teachers. Why? Because at least they're at a place to where they're ignorant of the truth. But now they've taken a step toward God, but they don't take the ultimate step toward God, and they find themselves falling back. And that kind of person, to be honest with you, the thing I'd say is it's much easier to see someone come to Christ when they haven't fallen back than someone who's been on the edge and they fall back, and now you got to try to convince them. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit does that, but Mm -hmm. try to help them to get to a place of Christ. And so uh, it's a tough uh, deal, and the fact is, False teachers are real, and we need to be prepared against them. Right, right. I've heard the saying that ignorance is bliss. You know that? Yeah. But that shouldn't be an excuse to not share the gospel with somebody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would rather have somebody hear the truth and reject it than not give them a chance at at eternal life. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We just have to be speaking truth, be learning truth, be committed to truth. It becomes almost maybe cliche for some people— but you have to read your Bibles. Right. I mean, I don't think God made it that complicated for us in the sense that if you do this, this, and this, you'll grow. Mm-hmm. And at the center of that is being a Bible-based person. Right. So after listening to this podcast, go open up your Bible and read it. Amen. All right. We do thank you so much for listening to episode 19. If you have a question that you would like us to answer, email john at weareemmanuel.life and we will answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.